Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. Welcome to episode one of Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. Today, we're going to be looking at happiness. Happiness can be so beautiful, whether it's your happiness or someone else's. I've written so much about the subject of happiness, as I think everyone is entitled to have happiness in their life. In my book, Positive Changes, a self-kick book, I offered many definitions as to what I believe happiness just might be. But happiness, I came to realise, is a lot like love. It's quite hard to define and moreover, it is a feeling rather than a clear definition. The word happiness may initially have a feeling of falseness, the kind of grin and bear it, put a smile on your face. But I think it goes way deeper than that, more of an authentic inner state. I believe that consciously or subconsciously, we all want to be happier in at least one area of our life. Do you know which area of your life you want to be happier in? Maybe it's your career, finances, romantic relationships, even food choices. There's so many different areas that make up our one life. So this week, we're going to look at happiness and I'm going to attempt to define happiness. I'm going to start by looking in a dictionary. Now, the dictionary definition actually made me laugh, but admittedly, I do have a slightly warped sense of humour left over from my nursing days. The dictionary definition of happiness is the state of being happy. And that's okay, I get that. That's not very funny. But the example of happiness... (laughs) when used in a sentence, is, well, brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen, happiness is best used in the following sentence according to Mr. Dictionary. She struggled to find happiness in her life. Sweet baby Jesus and the baby orphans, Mr. Dictionary. I'm looking up the definition of one of the happiest words in the entire dictionary and you offer it right up with one of the most depressing examples. She struggled to find happiness in her life. Please do not believe the dictionary definition. Let's look at other ways. I'm a sucker for positive change. Let's go and look at other definitions. Let us look at the science of happiness. As part of the research for my book, Positive Changes, a self-kick book, I read loads and loads of books and research articles in an attempt to find the keys to true happiness. The topic of positive psychology and happiness is so vast. In fact, it's so vast, it tends to result in many conflicting conclusions on what exactly happiness is. Activities such as smiling, meditation, sufficient sleep, gratitude, being a kind person and connecting with loved ones These are all believable conclusions. However, as I said, the research is so vast. There's so many conclusions and there's some great kooky ones out there. There's things like 
Happiness can be found from chewing on a mint leaf, exercising for seven minutes a day, planning a trip but not actually taking it, moving closer to your workplace and being outdoors. Particularly being outdoors if the temperature is 13.9 degrees Celsius. Yeah, I know, go figure. And speaking of figures, I also research the maths of happiness. The maths of happiness shows us that one search for happiness equals misery. Yep, I know, a little oxymoron. But sometimes when we are so desperately searching for happiness, it's little like a repelling magnet. It pushes away our authentic happiness. As we go towards it, it moves away from us. There are different types of happiness too, which we're going to look at during this episode. But for now, let's keep on a par with the dictionary definition and look at the slightly more miserable side of things. What happiness isn't. So happiness isn't always a struggle. It's not always unobtainable. But neither is happiness a destination or a specific goal in your life. Happiness isn't about being happy all of the time. And I don't know if you believe this one, but it's not about having loads of money either. And whilst happiness is beautiful in yourself and in others, making other people happy before yourself is not what happiness is truly about. Happiness is not about making everyone else happy before yourself. And I know you may struggle to believe that or it may not resonate with you. But these words of wisdom come from the time from my years nursing in palliative care. When I was blessed to connect with these people who were soon to leave the earthly plane, where both men and women were telling me their words. It's only the right thing to listen to the words of the dying and then learn how to live a more heartfelt and authentic life. And it's not a perfectly blissful 24-7 happy bunny kind of existence. It's just a heartfelt existence, making every day count rather than simply counting your days. Now's probably a good time actually for a quick disclaimer from me, Shelley F. Knight. I have to forewarn you that I talk very, 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 and maybe even more very, openly about death and dying. And this is due to a blend of my upbringing, my nursing career, and the fact that it's my only certainty I have in life. So with that little disclaimer, let's carry on to happiness. So we've looked at what happiness isn't, and now we're going to try and find out what happiness is. I'm going to start with the word choice. Aside from all the kooky conclusions of scientific research, I do believe that happiness is a choice. Okay, disclaimer number two. As I totally get that there are other matters at play than happily skipping along through this pastime called life. I know some of you will have genuine chemical imbalances or traumatic events that have lended themselves to you developing mental health issues. And I'm not belittling that at all. But there's always a choice. And in each and every individual situation, happiness will remain a choice. Happiness is not in each and every moment. So if you're grieving the death of a loved one or another traumatic event, be true to your feelings rather than go all in for this happiness episode. Always be true to your feelings. 
So wherever you are today, listening to this podcast, be true to who you are, but know there is a choice and there is a movement forward awaiting you. As time passes by and you move forward, look for the good and the happy moments sprinkled within. There is always some good to be found or a good lesson to be learned in each and every one of our days. And I admit that some days we just have to look harder to find the goodness. Never ever give up for the search of happiness and always believe you're here for a great reason. We love having you here. As I said in my book, your current situation does not dictate your forward journey. Your current situation simply determines your starting point. Don't beat yourself up about the past. We're just going to start from today, little bite-sized pieces, and just know that life goes on. Life goes on is one of my messages, one of my brand terms. Life goes on. And I don't say it lightly. I know that the fact that your life goes on is often the most painful part. But you are still here. And that is a privilege denied to many. So please try and embrace happiness and life itself as much as you can. So as I said, we always have choices. You can choose to be positive or negative. But at the end of the day, they both take the same amount of time and energy. But they will provide very, very different outcomes. Very different days, weeks, months and consequently very different life. If you are struggling with your mental health, it's often harder to move on compared to others, but you will still have a choice available to you. You could choose to get the best help available from a health professional, connecting with those people that lift you up and never tread you down. You can get outdoors, you can write all your busy thoughts down, just release them. Just do anything creative, doodle on a pad, Whatever you used to love in the past, bring it forward. Tap into those skills. Just start to make a positive action to trick your brain into thinking in a new way. Neuroplasticity, that's what it's called. Isn't that great? Neuroplasticity, retraining the brain. Just always keep finding a positive way forward. Forget the breakdown and let's move forward into breaking through. Right, okay. I was on my soapbox then. Back to my point, where were we? What is happiness? So, when you are going about your day-to-day routine, we might start to think that we're not very happy, when actually we could be perfectly happy in our day-to-day existence or job role. But it doesn't tick a box of pleasure or meaning or engagement. And these are key, according to some research, on what happiness is. It's suggested that happiness is a blend of pleasure, meaning and engagement. Let's have a look. Let's start with pleasure. Do you know what brings you pleasure? Are you smiling at the thought of something as I ask that question? Do you know what brings you pleasure? And yes, it could be sex. It could be food. It could be being outdoors. Maybe it's even having sex outdoors with food involved. I don't know. But find something that brings you pleasure. Seriously think about what makes you feel happy and alive. And then do more of it. Quite simply, do more of what makes you happy in life. 
So the blend, pleasure and then meaning. My background is nursing. And I remember as a student nurse discovering the works of Viktor Frankl, a Holocaust survivor who went on to be a neurologist and psychiatrist. Frankl spoke so beautifully about his observations of the human spirit. And I'll always remember his words on meaning. So to kind of badly paraphrase, if I'm honest, Frankl said, We do not suffer from suffering alone. We suffer when we suffer without meaning. So whilst we are going through life's challenges, dodging those curveballs, throwing poo at a proverbial fan, we may suffer in each and every moment. But if we can search and find lessons in each of the curveballs, poo plops and anything else, when there's a meaning for why we're learning the lesson, we will feel stronger and more driven to move forwards to happier times. And not just in that life-changing event, but all of those that follow. There may be something that comes up in your life and it will be painful and you'll think, why me? All that victim thing. But when we look to what can we learn from this? How can we help others? Where have I seen this pattern before? When we apply a meaning, that's where we grow. That's where the beauty is. And I know I use the term lessons and you may think this is not school, but I just think that life is exactly that. It's like hundreds of little classrooms, each containing a soul developing lesson within. They say the school days are the best days of our life. And I didn't really like school, but I love the lessons I'm learning as an adult. So we've looked at pleasure and meaning. And then it was engagement. Engagement really is one of the key regrets of the dying. They wish they'd connected more to their own dreams. They wish they'd connected more with their family and their loved ones. They wish they'd connected to something bigger than themselves, be it a god, spirituality, the world, a local community. In fact, they wish they'd connected greater to themselves, lived their life, fulfilled their dreams connection, engagement. Connection is a practice. Sometimes you may think it's too time consuming or not the right time. However, good old research now tells us that moments of connection, be it a laugh, a smile, a snippet of conversation, strengthens our strongest cranial nerve, which in turn helps us to cope better with stress. These micro moments of smiling, laughing, talking improve our health and our life. How cute is that for a dollop of science? In those little micro moments, we create greater happiness. So happiness may be complex by way of written or spoken definition, but it can be gifted and felt so simply through laughing in a single moment, smiling for that fleeting second, or a snippet of spoken words from one to another. And this is what happiness is. A solitary act of loving moments in your own life. Or even coming out of your own life and lane and zigzagging across everyone else's lane, causing laughter and chaos as you zoom on by. In fact, I think that's kind of even cuter than the cranial nerve. So let's keep zigzagging and look more into happiness. Let's look at the types of happiness. 
I'm going to read you what I wrote about the three types of happiness in my book, Positive Changes, a Self-Kick Book. So if you want to read along, it's on page 116 and it's titled Hedonic, Eudaimonic or Gin and Tonic. There are many different types of happiness. Hedonic happiness, eudaimonic happiness, or the slightly shallower gin and tonic happiness. Hedonic happiness sounds like something only to be found on a 20-somethings holiday to a Greek island of debauchery. And this may not be too far from the truth. In ancient Greece, hedonists found pleasure in the moment. A sense of instant gratification or immediate positive emotions. Although this is some kind of wonderful, it is viewed as only a short-term form of happiness. Eudaimonic is more of a long-lasting happiness. Yes, there really is such a thing. More than an instant gratification, eudaimonic happiness is more of a contentment and fulfilment. It too dates back to ye old Greeks and relates to our true self rather than external influences or other beings. Who is to say which type of happiness is the right one? Surely any happiness is something to be embraced. However, a long-lasting happiness, rather than a roller coaster of emotions, wins my vote every time. Although, truth be known, I have never been on any type of roller coaster, be it emotional or in a theme park. I did not like gin and tonic either, so I guess I was destined to be the eudaimonic type all along. Or your dirty mind getting the giggles over how your kids mispronounce a new word. This is where a lot of my happiness comes from. Our youngest daughter does not pronounce the L in the word clocks. And so, as a result, she can often be found strutting around our home, declaring she is off to sort out numerous cocks throughout our household, which never ceases to make me chuckle. It is like her older sister, for so many years she could not pronounce the biscuit name Jammy Dodgers. And we had two years of joy where she would excitedly and regularly ask for a lovely Jammy Todger. I can see there's a slight theme there with cocks and todgers. But that's where my joy is, in the simplest moments. So please find joy in the simple things and not always at the cost of your child's speech development. Find your own ways for simple moments of happiness. So, moving on from the phallic theme there, let us look at other ways in which to embrace happiness. Some of the ideas are simple, but not always easy at first. By that, I mean like a meditation. It's simple in theory, but quite difficult once you start to apply the guidelines and the expectations. But, as I've always been told by ye old parents, you don't know unless you try, so at least try, and then you're trying to be happier. So bear with things, but try new things, new ways of creating happiness. And talking of new ways, another way to embrace happiness is change. We cannot change change, but we can change our attitude to change. And by that, I mean, we cannot change every event that will cross our life path, 
but we can change how we react to events and times of change. Change is part of life. And if you are ready for another stunning dictionary definition to brighten up your day, life, a continual change until life ceases. And I love that, that life is just change until you're no longer alive. So life changes and happiness itself changes too. See what I mean by death being our only certainty in life? Everything changes. We need to go with the flow of life. It almost seems to be that happiness is easier when you're younger. Finding pure joy in the simple moments such as hopscotch, colouring or splashing in muddy puddles. But as adults we need to look beyond the hopscotch and the colouring and start to give away our power to external sources. And then inevitably we reach a stage where we feel empty because we don't find joy in the simple things like colouring or hopscotch. You've given away your power and your sparkle. And sometimes with that, we've given away our desires, wishes, dreams and answers to all things external to ourself. We are more than a relationship, a job role, a bank balance or a dress size. We are more than we give ourselves credit for. We need to create our own change in this ever-changing life and rein our power back in. Adult life can be challenging And it has a greater risk of loss in numerous areas compared to that of our hopscotching youth. The loss can come from numerous external factors, be it a broken relationship, financial losses, a change in our health. But remember, life goes on and you are here for a reason and you matter. So how can you start to focus on your internal happiness from this day forward? I have a little idea. So my next suggestion is gratitude. There is a chapter in my book called Gratitude, Not Attitude. As once again, it all comes down to a matter of choice. A choice to be positive or negative. Ooze gratitude. We can start each day in the positive way. When you wake up first thing and open your eyes... This means you are not dead. So already you are starting the day on a positive. You are alive. What not to love? And whilst you are not dead, rather than begrudgingly dragging your sleepy butt out of bed, throw away your thoughts of yesterday, that cannot be changed, and do not even think about writing the story of the day ahead with your preset default settings of negativity, of how school runs are going to go, that work meeting's going to go. Just get your butt up and go, go, go. Today is a good day to have a good day. Even if you've just read that depressing dictionary definition of happiness being a struggle. Today's a good day to have a good day. Take your non-dead body and start the day. As all over the world, many will not wake today, like they assumed they would when they went to bed last night. Isn't this a light and wonderful topic of happiness? I know, right? But please refer back to disclaimer number one. I talk really openly about death. Happiness may simply be not being dead. 
And in this good day, the gratitude can be spread further than your non-dead eyes to the shelter of your home, the food in your cupboards, the food in your tummy. It could be the job that provides an income, a friend that provides a valuable sounding board, the boyfriend who holds you in his arms and makes you feel safe in that given moment, or even grateful for Mother Nature, for her warm sun, crunchy leaves, life-affirming breezes and more. Take a moment to think what you are grateful for. And then, each night, reflect on the day. What are you grateful for? Each night before I go to sleep, I take just a few minutes to reflect on the day now ending and give thanks to certain moments, what brought me joy, what I learned. Don't get me wrong, like I said earlier, sometimes I have to search way deeper on the more challenging days to find the good. And sometimes all I can muster up is feeling grateful I did not slap that bad driver or that annoying woman in the post office queue. But somewhere in each and every eye-opening day, there is something to be grateful for. My next suggestion on how to embrace happiness is keep it simple. By this, I'm not asking you to settle for less. By all means, dream so big, you constantly scare yourself with your dreams and visions. But just start to take the time to find the extraordinary in the ordinary. You know, like the Cox and Todgers of speech development we mentioned earlier. Maybe the sunny day of Mother Nature, a snippet of conversation from a stranger, seeing a bud on a tree as a sign of new beginnings that will always come, or eating a meal mindfully. Start to slow down and appreciate the small moments that provide meaning each and every day. I recently asked my absolutely blooming gorgeous social media followers on Shelley F9 what made them happy. I know from my palliative care nursing days that the dying held lots of regrets over their happiness in life. And I was curious to learn if the living carry the same regrets or insight to that of the dying. Do you think they do? Drum roll. They do. Those who sit and actually reflect on their happiness have the same regrets. It's just that many of us don't allow the time to sit and think about how we're feeling, where we're going, are we happy? But those who do have an awareness about happiness and how to create it. When we allow ourselves to sit and think about what makes us happy, it isn't the material items. It is the connection and the engagement we touched on earlier. Being with family, our children, the mealtimes, the parties, time alone with our thoughts and dreams. So please, again, from the wisdom of the dying, embrace their words. The simplicity in life, the connection. Obviously, like a slightly mild disclaimer, when I say like connecting to family, that's not each and every family member. I know 
there'll be some in there that you just so need to avoid, the troublemakers and the emotional sucking vampires. Connect with the ones who have your heartstrings and your back and listen to your dreams with support. Shout it out the hell yeah! Connect with those beautiful souls. Life is so complicated. Let's simplify it where we can and surround ourselves with good, happy people. My beautiful stepdad always used to say, never have expectations in life and you will never be disappointed. And as a stroppy teenager, going through a goth stage for most of those years, I used to be like, yeah, whatever. But actually, I get it now. And so my next bite-sized suggestion would be accepting our expectations as flawed. Let me say that again. Accepting our expectations as flawed. Yep, I've just said that you're not perfect. And let me explain why. We may want Barbara at the office to apologise to us because she made us feel so goddamn angry. But, realistically, we are in control of how we allow others to make us feel. We perceive things in our own unique way and in this perception, expectations of others and all those things that are zooming around our head, We come up with, I feel wronged, you offended me, you need to make it right. However, as Barbara and everyone else we encounter have their own perceptions and expectations, we are all zooming around in our own little worlds. Barbara's got expectations and views, I've got them, you've got them. So we're just kind of bumbling along in an unhelpful oblivion to what other people are actually perceiving and experiencing at the same time as us. In one conversation, different people hear different things. We can see everyone we connect with, but that does not mean we fully understand them, their story, their emotions. So we cannot really know how they're receiving the same situation. It's like when you go to the cinema, hundreds and hundreds of people watching exactly the same film, but as everyone files out at the end, Some people will be declaring it was the best film ever, whilst others will be like, worst film ever. Same film, different perceptions and conversations. No one's right, no one's wrong, everyone just sees things differently. And this is why we need to let stuff go. As many of our expectations are exactly that, our expectations all patterns and feelings bubbling up like that angry inner child that just wants to be heard and healed. When we get stuck in our opinions and confront and resent others, we prevent ourselves from moving forward. Forward to happiness, closure and other things that await us. We become stuck awaiting for some kind of psychic apology from Barbara and everyone else that's wronged us or offended us all based on our preset untrue story, our mere perception and expectations. In society, we're turning ourselves into caged birds, robbing ourselves of time, freedom and happiness. 
taking away our potential to truly soar and rise above the situation to look at the picture from a different idea. Please do not cage yourself with your preset perceptions and expectations. It's not Barbara's fault any more than it's your fault, but it is your responsibility to live your life fully. You've got one job. Please do it. Now, if this is far too hippie and forgiving, if you really are a bitter battle axe who is really struggling with the cage bird analogy, but quite likes the bird part and still feels you need to let something go, as it's the first episode, I'm going to allow you to briefly soar up above the unfinished situation and comically poo down on Barbara and let the plop go. But you can only do this if you then promise to move on. Let stuff go and move on. As I always say, life goes on. So that is bringing us to the end of today's episode on happiness. We've looked at definitions, the science of happiness, the maths of happiness, what happiness isn't, what happiness is, the types of happiness and ideas of how to embrace happiness. As we know, life is scattered with poop hitting the fan moments and so it seemed right that the beautiful analogy of bird poo was a great way to end episode one. We've searched for happiness this week and next week our search party continues as we move forward from looking at the search of happiness to looking at the search for self as we discover ways to look into who we are. Who am I? Until next week, keep creating those small positive changes. I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing. Thank you for listening.